Welcome to Teaching Brute. Today, I'm continuing my conversation with Trevor McKenzie, and we're going to be talking about secondary students and how they can do some inquiry online. We're also going to chat a bit about assessment. So what does inquiry look like in, say, a secondary online classroom? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big question. Well, you know, I think when, <laughs> a, when a very we, uh, big question, I love it. Yeah. And why not pitch, pitch the hardball fast? I, I yeah. appreciate it, Mandy. Um, you know, I, because I, think I mean, inquiry... really, that's what they all want. It's like that, you know, teachers are sitting there going, okay, okay, I can do this. Give me the map. What, what's the picture? What am I trying to build here? Yeah, absolutely. Start with the end in mind. And I think that let's look at the modality a bit in that, you know, we're in this remote learning landscape and, and we can't have our students in front of us every single day for hours upon hours as we could in the brick and mortar landscape. Mm -hmm. And so now students have a little bit more of more space in the learning. They have the ability to to leave the, the synchronous, the online with a teacher and go into a space where they could do their own learning and their own research and then come back to the teacher. And and that opportunity is amazing. You know, when we can confer with students in a synchronous meet, a Zoom or a Hangout, and do some either some direct instruction, some provoking of curiosity and wonderment within our curriculum, and then give them some parameters where they have some voice and choice to go do some follow-up with that provoking and that initial kind of activation and engagement. Students can then go and, and find the time and space that works for them. It, it's really amazing ownership. And mm -hmm. what you don't want to do is just kind of pile on the work and then have them go into that space and just do busy work. It's, well, where is the authenticity and the contextual where what we're talking about in the online space synchronously kids can go and explore in their real world context, either through research or through some kind of an experience. And so, you know, an underpinning of the inquiry classroom is the role of questions and not just closed-ended questions, surface-level questions, but almost most importantly, those big open-ended, ungoogleable questions. And those are the ones that technology doesn't easily answer for us. No. And so I, we, we unpack a lot of those in, in, in the inquiry classroom, both online and brick and mortar. You know, what are those big conceptually kind of framed questions that are going to guide our research and our deepening uh, understanding of and, and how can we look at a plethora of resources so that we know that we're, we have a rich, robust kind of exploration of that question? And, and as we know, with that ungoogleable question, we have to answer some closed-ended questions as well, don't we? Like that surface-level stuff oh, yeah. allows us to go deeper. So in the online realm, it, it's definitely, you know, we want to frame our, our units and our, our learning or lesson plans, excuse me, in those questions and then give kids some space to go explore those questions on their own so they can come back to us with some clearer uh, need and, and questions of their own. You know, it's interesting. You're saying like ungoogleable questions. And it reminded me that um, a few years ago, I discovered a website called A Google A Day. And cool. each day, it is a different question that is not Googleable. Wow, a Google Thank a day. A Google a day. And I was just trying to bring it up and then realized my VPN's not running, so I can't actually uh, <laughs> find it. I'm, it I'm was, looking right now on my phone. That's so cool. Yeah, and it, so it's things that kids would have to work and figure out different questions that could be Googleable in order to find the correct answer 
to the ungoogleable question. That's fantastic. That is, I'm going to look into it. And you know, that, that in and, in and of itself is kind of where we want to steer kids in their learning is yes, close ended questions are important. That surface area research, surface level research is important to guide us to these unknown problems and questions that really is our future for, for, or their future in, in mm-hmm. getting out to society as citizens, they're going to face problems, challenges that we can't predict today. So in order to prepare them for that uncertainty, what what kind of competencies do we need to nurture now in the classrooms of today? Things like not just collaboration and communication, but things like creativity, empathy, critical thinking, you know, research skills and triangulation of resources. All those things now in exploring ungoogleable questions are preparing them for the uncertainty of tomorrow. And cases in point, who could have predicted we'd be talking about this now? COVID I know. now, 12 months ago. And so we, we need to be able, we, we need to prepare our students to, to be able to pivot and be agile and rely on their skill set and not just what they know, the content, the curriculum, which is important, but those are tools, vehicles for competencies to be nurtured. Yeah. It's like one of my middle schoolers told me, gosh, it was like end of June or so. And they're like, you know, we didn't predict the pandemic maybe we should think more seriously about the zombie apocalypse. Oh, I love that. Hey, I <laughs> And I was kind of sitting there going, dude, you are so right. You are on it. Yes, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah, give that um, guy a gold star. That's fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We have no idea. Maybe this is going to become more of a regular thing. And maybe as part of teacher training programs, they're going to have now a course on how to teach online. Yeah, um, yeah. And who knows what the next big thing is going to be that nobody could predict. Well, you, you raise a really good point, and, and it's something that's that I've discovered in the research that I do when I visit schools around the world. And one way in which I work with schools is that I'm invited in to observe teachers teach. And it's a beautiful thing to be invited into a classroom mm. by a teacher that, you know, you've, you've recently met, and you're forming that trust and relationship, and, and they're showing extreme vulnerability. They're, they're saying, here's a lesson watch me teach, give me some feedback. And and I see some amazing things. I see teachers do what they love to do. And in those observations, I've always been collecting data, collecting what I'm watching, collecting notes. And, and what I've really loved seeing are, what are the behaviors of inquiry teachers? Like, how do they make decisions in the moment? How do they lean into certain things, but back away from other things? How are they agile? And and in fact, that is a characteristic of the inquiry teachers, their, their agility, their, their ability to, to pivot and go one way when they see something and then go another way when they see something else. And so I think it, it almost like habits, if you will, I think right. teacher programs need to teach habits of effective teachers and not just how to teach, That's but what are your behaviors that you can exhibit to help students uh, in the moment, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good course. You should do that Maybe course. Maybe the that's title of a new book? <laughs> I wish. That would be fun. I do have a third book coming out, but that's not it. So maybe that will be the fourth. That'll be the fourth. Is the third one going to be how to teach online? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. The the third one is actually all about inquiry and assessment and how assessment seems to be the final frontier for teachers, not just in terms of 
change, but also in terms of really providing agency over learning. In yes. most of the schools that I've yeah. worked with, they get to this magical place in inquiry where students are, you know, achievement is increasing. Students are saying, wow, this is really fulfilling and meaningful. But then the final domino that is yet to fall is the assessment domino. And teachers are still pulling assessment away from kids and almost <laughs> doing it to kids rather than with students. And so this yeah. next book all... It talks about that. It breaks down what assessment looks like. What are student-centered assessment frameworks where students have more of a voice in assessment? So they're becoming kind of assessors of themselves. And and to be honest, if we're not teaching kids how they can self-assess and to understand where they're at now and plan where they need to go to next, I think we're doing them a disservice. If we know all that information as the assessment expert, but they don't, I think that's highly prob problematic. So yeah, that's that totally. pitch for the next book that's, you know, to be released in 2021. Well, I'm like super excited and I'm now counting down the months to 2021. Like, so this is going to be January 1st, 2021, yeah, right? right? You'll, you'll be on the mail list. You'll know right away. Because uh, it's definitely, I mean, that's something that I struggle with, you know, that'll be, you know, as much as I can do inquiry stuff within the classroom. And then when it comes time for assessment, especially here in Asia, where there's a very traditional mindset about what assessment is or isn't. And, you know, if at the end of the year they haven't written a two-hour exam by hand, then there hasn't been a final assessment. Yeah, you know, that resonates with me and how I felt early in my career. And, and the, the book kind of paints a picture of that change personally and professionally. But also, you know, it, it, it asks teachers to really question and almost do a, a diagnostic of their assessment values. And, and I outlined 10 assessment beliefs. You know, oh. it, these are things that we need to believe in to have students have more of an active role in the assessment process. And so I'm asking teachers to reflect on these beliefs. Do they believe in the same thing? And if they don't, consider reimagining some of what assessment could be for your students. It's almost like, like you said, a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to shift teachers' mindsets towards these 10 beliefs and then look at that, the implementation of these beliefs, the practical, the strategies that, that allow these beliefs to flourish with activities in the class to embed more student voice and assessment. So you're absolutely right. Mindset shift needs to happen. And, and that's how I open up the book. Let's change the mindset right away. Yeah, great. Okay, so that's going to be another podcast. That's all there is for this week. Next time, we're going to finish off the conversation with Trevor, and we're going to talk about the elementary students and how they do some inquiry online. Have a fabulous week. Bye.